Heavenly Father, we recognise that your compassion is great. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be moved in compassion for us this morning and send your spirit amongst us and preserve our lives according to your laws. Oh, Lord, we pray that our love for you would be kindled all the more greatly this morning by the power of your spirit as we examine your word together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of uh, John, and we started this last week after a bit of a break for, uh, it was over a year since we last looked at John together, and so we picked up a series in John 15 where the Lord Jesus is pre- uh, speaking to his disciples, uh, his 12, at the Last Supper just before he goes to his death. And so he's given them some last words of encouragement and some last words of instruction uh, before he is taken to the cross. And one of the things that he talks to them about in these verses that are before us this morning is the idea of friendship. Now, I know that I spoke on the idea of being Christ's friends a few weeks ago, but that was in relation to what we learned from 1 Samuel. Uh, So the idea of friendship was there in 1 Samuel, uh, where we looked at Jonathan, uh, who is the prince of Israel, the the son of Saul, and his relationship with David. And we looked at uh, the subject of friendship there and what a friend we have in Jesus. And it's interesting that I did quote from John 15, uh, uh, these verses that are before us in verse 14 and verse 15, Uh, when I preached on that subject, and it's come back for us today. Verse 14, we read, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. So we saw a few weeks ago the privilege it is to be Christ's friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. And this morning I wanted us to look at something that the book of John teaches us about this friendship and particularly how it is possible for us to be friends with Jesus. How did we come to be friends with Jesus? Because I think that is something that the book of John here, particularly in verse 16, helps us to understand, which we didn't look at when we looked at it in 1 Samuel. We looked at the subject of being Christ's friend in 1 Samuel, but I think we learned something here about how it is actually possible to be Christ's friend. How is it possible? to be Christ's friend? How do we become friends with Jesus? Well, many would point to their choice to believe in Jesus. They would point to their choice to believe in Christ Jesus. I'm Christ's friend, they would say, because I chose him to be my friend, just like I choose anyone to be my friend. If I'm friends with anyone, it's because I choose to be that person's friend. And so they'll point to a verse like uh, James 2, verse 23, where it speaks about Abraham being God's friend. And what does it say in James 2, verse 23? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Why was Abraham God's friend? Because he believed God. It was his choice to believe in God. And so therefore, he is God's friend because of his choice. Is that what Jesus says is the reason for our friendship with him? Well, what do we read in verse 16? He says, no. Verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Jesus says, no, it is not your choice that makes you a friend of myself, but it is my choice to make you a friend. And we see that in verse 19 as well, the emphasis on his choice. Look down with me at chapter 15, verse 19. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. 
That is why the world hates you. Why do we belong to Jesus? Why have we come out of the world and become his friend? It's because he has chosen us to be his friend. We, be, we believe because Jesus has elected us to believe in him and to be his friend. He elects us and then we believe and are his friend. And election is something that is taught again and again in the Bible and God's sovereignty over our salvation is taught in scripture again and again as well. And there's great illustrations that are even given in scripture as to how we understand that it is God who chose us that it is Jesus who chose us rather than we chose him to be our friend. One illustration that I love that speaks of the passive nature by which we become a friend of Jesus Christ is the idea of the new birth. The new birth. We see it in John chapter 3 where Jesus talks about the fact that we need to be born again. And it's a wonderful illustration, the idea of the new birth, to show that we are completely passive when we become a Christian. Because what happens when you are born? Physically, the first time when you come into this world, the first birth, not the new birth, the old birth, what happens? How do you control your birth? You don't. It's got nothing to do with you ultimately as to how you are born and when you are born. It's not up to you. You're a completely passive um, person in the whole experience. It is done to you, the birth. It is not that you actively choose, I'm going to come out of the womb now. We talk about babies, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a sluggish one and I wish it would come out and make up its mind, what's it going to do? But it's not true. It is not the baby's choice as to when it is born. And it's the same with the new birth. It is not our choice. It is God's choice. It is Jesus' choice as to whether we are his friend. But you may say, well, why is this the case? Why must it be that Jesus chooses me to be his friend? Well, there are many reasons given in Scripture but I'll give you two today. Firstly, just consider who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Well, the scripture tells us he's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Holy One. And Holy One means that he is other. He is so different. What do we understand about Jesus when we look at his scripture? He is way out of our league when we're in the market for friends. He is so other from us. And if you don't believe me, let's look at a passage of Scripture that describes him so wonderfully. Revelation chapter 1. Turn with me uh, to the end of the Bible. Revelation, the book of Revelation, page 1215. 1215. Revelation chapter 1. And I'll read from verse 12. Where the Apostle John has been hearing the Lord Jesus speak to him. And we read in verse 12, Revelation chapter 1, page 1215, we read, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead... And behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. 
Here we see the Lord Jesus described in his glory there. And John teaches us what's the proper response when we consider who Jesus is, when we see Jesus in his glory. Does he say, oh, I'll be your friend? No. What do we read in verse 17? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. That is the proper response when you see Jesus Christ in all his glory. It's not to presume that I can be your friend. It's to fall dead at his feet. And it's only by his encouragement and saying, do not be afraid, that we can consider being his friend. It has to be that Jesus initiates the friendship because he is so out of our league by the fact of who he is, the King of Kings, the Burning One, the Holy One. We cannot consider offering friendship to him. The idea is repugnant. It has to be that he chooses us. That's one reason. What's another reason why it must be that Jesus initiates friendship with us? Well, it's because of who we are. Unconverted people, people who are not believers in Jesus Christ, are sinful people. They are not in anyone's league. They have nothing to offer a friend realistically. And we understand this again and again is taught in Scripture, that there is nothing in us that God should admire us and want us. We see this in the passage that we had read for us before from Deuteronomy chapter 7, where it's talking about the people of Israel. And what does God say about the Israelites? It says, The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It's not because you were some great people, God says, that I thought, oh, you will make a good nation for me. I'll be friends with you. No, he says, there was nothing to attract me to yourself. And so we cannot presume to initiate friendship with God. We cannot initiate friendship with Christ because of who he is, but also because of who we are. Who are we? We are helpless people. But more than that, we are enemies of Jesus because of our sin. We have sinned against God repeatedly again and again. We are rebels against him. How bad is our sin, though? You think, oh, it's not that big a deal. Well, we are like Judas. We will betray Jesus to feather our own nest if we get the opportunity. We are so bad that our sin deserves humiliation, public shame. It deserves mocking and whipping and crucifixion and an eternity of punishment in the fires of hell. That's how bad our sin is. That's who we are before Christ invites us to be his friend, chooses us to be his friends. Some people complain about the doctrine of election. They say, it's not fair. They say, why would Jesus choose some people and not choose others? Why would he choose some to be his friends and leave others to not be his friends? They say it's not fair. If you want fair, ask the question, why does he choose any sinful creature to be his friend? Why choose any of us when we understand exactly how sinful, how depraved we are? There is nothing about us to attract us to him. We have nothing to offer him as a friend. So Jesus is out of our league. 
He's out of our league just because of who he is as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Holy One. But then he's way out of our league when we consider how we are worse than animals. We have rebelled against him. People say, oh, you know, um, humans are like rats. That's demeaning to the rat. The rat goes about his business. He gives glory to God doing what he's supposed to do. We're worse than rats because we rebel against God, the creator who made us. Jesus is so out of our league. So what has to happen if we are to be friends with Jesus? Well, Jesus has to be the one who chooses us to be his friend. And Jesus has to be the one who pays the penalty for our sin so that there's nothing between us to bridge that gap, that gulf that we have made between us and God because of our sin. And Jesus has to be the one that gives us the new birth by applying the Holy Spirit to us, by sending his spirit to work that work of regeneration in us. It can only be by Christ sending the Holy Spirit to us. It has to be all of Christ. But you may say, well, what about my free will? God won't violate my free will. He won't force me to be his friend. No, God won't violate your free will, but he will renew it. He will change it so that you actually desire and long for him to be your friend. When Jesus chooses you to be his friend, he changes your understanding and you stop being such a fool and being an enemy of Jesus and a rebel against him. You understand the value of the friendship with Jesus and you desire it. You want it. You desire to be friends with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and so you delightedly run to Jesus as he offers you friendship and you enjoy that friendship and have no regrets. Ask some of the Christians around you this morning, people who have been Christians for decades, ask them, do they regret becoming Christ's friend? Do they regret it? No. No one is dragged kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God. No one is dragged kicking and screaming and forced to be Jesus' friend. No, Jesus renews their will so they know what is good for them instead of rebelling against him. And so they sing with Nystrom that that song we know so well, you're my friend and you are my brother, even though you are a king. I love you more than any other, so much more than anything. It's all a bit like a popular kid at school making friends with an unpopular kid at school. But time's a billion. The friendship must be initiated by the popular kid. But does the unpopular kid run away? No, he delights in the fact that the popular kid wants him to be his friend. He enjoys it and delights in such a friendship. And so it is with Jesus. He initiates the friendship. And we delight in the friendship that he bestows upon us. But you may be saying this morning, but why would God elect us to be his friends if he's so out of our league? Why would he bother with us if we're so sinful and he is so wonderful? Well, we get a few reasons given in scripture as to why. And one is given to us very clearly in the text. Turn with me back to John 15 if you're still in the book of Revelation. John chapter 15, verse 16. He says... You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Why did Jesus choose us? He gives us one reason. 
it would be so that we would bear fruit for our friend, that we would be obedient to him. We see this in verse 14 as well. Go back with a couple of verses. You are my friends if you do what I command. He chooses us to be his friends so that we will produce fruit for him and do what he commands. And what is the fruit that we're supposed to produce? Well, we looked at it last week when we looked at the idea of us being part of the vine that is Jesus. It is love for him. And we see that in verse 17. Just after he says that we're supposed to bear fruit and fruit that will last, he says, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And then verse 17, this is my command, love each other. Why did Jesus choose us? It's so that we would love one another, so that we would have love for God, for Jesus as our friend, but also for one another. So Jesus is refuting the claim here that if my friendship is based on your choice, election, Jesus, then I can sin as much as I like and your election keeps me safe. No. No fruit means no friendship. If you claim to be a friend of Jesus and are producing no love towards him and no love to others, then you can't claim to be his friend. Just imagine that with any other relationship, with any other friendship that you have. If you say, so-and-so is my friend, but you have no love, no interest in them, and you certainly don't do anything for them, you're not a friend of that person. And it's the same with Christ Jesus. If you claim to be his friend then you should be showing love for him. He has appointed you to go and bear fruit. And so if you have no love for your brothers and sisters and you have no love for Jesus Christ, then you're not his friend. You haven't been appointed and you haven't been chosen to be one of his friends. So first reason why Jesus chooses us to be his friend is so that we will bear fruit. Another reason that's given again and again in Scripture And it's very obvious to those who know the scriptures well. Why would Jesus choose us to be his friends? It's to give him glory for the friendship. If you think that it's your choice that saved you, if you think that it's your choice that makes you a friend of Christ Jesus, you take away from Christ's glory. How's that possible? How's that possible? Well, firstly, you take away from Christ's sovereignty and power. You say, Jesus, you have all dominion. You're in control of all things, except for that choice that I make to be your friend. That's my power is displayed right there. I'm such a powerful person that I can stop the Son of God from initiating friendship with me. It's all me and my free will. And so you do not say Jesus has all dominion and all power and is sovereign in all things. You say, you're sovereign in all things, but when it comes to my will, I'm the sovereign one. You can be in control of the birds and the bees, but not when it comes to me, and particularly when it comes to me being your friend. It's not your choice, it's my choice. We also take away from Christ's mercy and grace. We take away from giving him the glory for mercy and grace. Why? Because if you say, I chose you, what does that mean? You owe me, Jesus. I did a good work in choosing you. I'm such a clever clogs. You owe me. It's not your grace that's displayed right there in that moment when I choose you. It's me and my glory. And you owe me. You owe me salvation because it's my choice. And so you take away from his grace and his mercy extended to us in friendship. We also take away from Christ's 
wisdom, glory for Christ's wisdom. How do you do that? Well, you say, Jesus, you don't know whether I'm going to be your friend or not. You know all things, but that thing you do not know. You're standing there waiting, thinking, is he going to be my friend? I don't know. He's got his free will. I don't know if he's going to be my friend. We say he's got all wisdom. But when it comes to that, if you say it's your choice, you don't give him glory for his wisdom. He doesn't have all wisdom because he doesn't know what you're going to do. And this gets people into all kinds of terrible heresies where they start to think that God doesn't know anything. He's always playing catch-up with the world because of free will of man. Paul says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. But if you believe you chose Jesus, what do you boast? I'll boast in you, Jesus. I'll boast in the Lord and myself because I'm such a smarty pants. I'm such a powerful one that I picked you as a friend. Oh, yes, you did 99% of the work. I'll give you that. But that 1% was mine. And so I'll boast in you, yes, but I'll also boast in myself and my choice. Those who think they chose God, they chose Jesus to be their friend, cannot sing glory the way those who know it's all of grace all of God's wisdom, all of God's power, that he has elected them to be his friend. They cannot sing Bono's hymn the way a person who understands election does. Look with me in the bulletin there. It's printed there. We're going to hear some people sing it at the end of the service. Sadly, we cannot sing it along with them. But I can read it to you now. Look at this wonderful hymn and how it glorifies God. And think, as someone who understands that Jesus chose me, how that's reflected in a hymn like this. Glory be to God the Father. Glory be to God the Son. Glory be to God the Spirit. Great Jehovah, three in one. Glory, 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 while eternal ages run. Glory be to him who loved us, washed us from each spot and stain. Glory be to him who bought us made us kings with him to reign. Glory, 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 glory to the lamb that once was slain. Glory to the king of angels, glory to the church's king, glory to the king of nations, heaven and earth your praises bring. Glory, 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 glory to the king of glory bring. Glory, blessing, praise eternal, thus the choir of angels sings. Honour, riches, power, Dominion, thus its praise creation brings. Glory, 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 glory to the King of Kings. Those who believe it's all by God's grace, all by God's wisdom, all by God's power that we are his friend. Sing that hymn so much more fully and with greater gusto than one who believes, ah, yes, 99% you, God, but still 1%. Glory, 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 glory. Why did Jesus choose us to be his friend? To give himself the glory. All glory be to Christ. No glory to sinful creatures. Why else did Jesus elect us? Elected us to be ones who go and bear fruit. He elected us to give himself glory. 
Why else? Well, it's to give us assurance of our salvation. To give us assurance of our salvation. The 39 articles of the Anglican Church, a very old document, and they speak about the election that we have in Christ Jesus. And it says these words, I love these words. I attended an Anglican church for a number of years and so I picked up on these words when I was there with them. It says, election is full of sweet, pleasant and unspeakable comfort to godly persons because it does greatly establish and confirm their faith of eternal salvation to be enjoyed through Christ. The doctrine of election is full of sweet, pleasant and unspeakable comfort. Now, why is it of sweet, pleasant and unspeakable comfort? Because it does greatly establish and confirm their faith of eternal salvation to be enjoyed through Christ. If my friendship with Jesus relies on me choosing him, then what a terror my life would be. Why? I'm a fickle, changeable person. I like something one day, the next day I don't like it. Who's to know whether I will like Jesus tomorrow? Whether I will want Jesus to be my friend? It starts in school, you see. I'm your friend today, next day I'm not your friend. I don't like you anymore. You said something yesterday that ticked me off. I'm not your friend. I had a friend at uni who did something even worse to me. She said, I had a terrible dream about you last night, Joel, and I just can't look at you today. I didn't do anything, I said. Like, it's your dream. I'm not responsible for what you dream about me. If I did something horrid to you in a dream, it's not my fault, but that's humanity. We change, we fluctuate all the time. But if my friendship with Jesus is based on his choice, oh, what sweet assurance is given to me. Why? Because Jesus does not change. What do we read in Numbers 23, verse 19? God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? If he's promised to be your friend, then he fulfills that friendship. If he promises to be your friend for all eternity, he fulfills that friendship for all eternity. Jesus is far better than the popular kid at school who makes friends with the unpopular child. Why? Because the unpopular child at school is left in suspense. How long before that popular kid sees through me? They mustn't know about this that I did. They mustn't know about these people's attitude towards me. When they find out, that person won't want to be my friend anymore. Jesus is not like that. No, Jesus makes friends for life, for eternal life. And we don't have to worry about when will Jesus see through me and stop being my friend anymore because he's already seen through us. He's seen all our sin. He knows all our weaknesses far better than we know them. So, of course, if he's initiated friendship with us, if he's chosen us to be his friend, then we will be his friend for life. There's nothing he does not know about us already. And so we have this sweet assurance as believers knowing that my friendship with Jesus is not based on my choice, my fickle, changeable choice, but instead it rests upon Jesus' choice, his election, 
And so if I'm friends with him today, I will be friends with him tomorrow and I'll be friends with him the next day and the day after that and for all eternity because it's all based on him and his choice. So if you're a Christian, hear these words in John chapter 15 and rejoice. John chapter 15, verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Love the Lord Jesus for choosing you to be his friend. friend. He's so out of your league. He's out of your league because of who you are. He's out of your league because of who he is. Love him for choosing you. Boast about his electing grace, his electing power, his electing wisdom. Boast about it. Give him the glory. And rejoice in his choice of yourself. And have that sweet assurance, that sweet and pleasant and unspeakable comfort because your faith is firm and established well because of Christ's electing power. But if you believe otherwise, if you believe that you chose Jesus, then I actually fear for your soul. Why? You may be depending upon your good work for salvation rather than utterly on Christ. And we know that we are never granted salvation because of our work. It's all of grace that we're saved. And even that one little work, if you're depending upon that, it will damn you. You will be, a, you'll be unsaved in this world and in the next. You are not utterly humbled before God because you're still clinging on to that piece of pride that says, I have some power. I have something to offer God. You're unsaved if you think it's your choice because you're clinging on to that work. If that is you, don't hang on to that small bit of pride any longer because it will damn you for all eternity. Come to Jesus now and acknowledge I can only be saved by you and your choice and your grace and beg him for mercy now. Come before him and ask for mercy. Ask for him to cleanse you of all your pride and then give him the glory for all that he has done in your life, including your salvation. Let's come before Jesus now. Let's pray to him. Lord Jesus, we praise you as a sovereign God, as a gracious God, as a wise God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for choosing many of us in this room to be friends with you, despite our sin and despite how wonderful you are. Oh, Lord Jesus, may you help us to produce fruit and give you the glory that you deserve and rejoice in your electing grace. And Lord, if there are any here this morning who are trusting in their own works, even their choice to belong to you, they're relying upon their choice, oh Lord, we pray that they would cast themselves now upon you for mercy and find that grace to help them in their time of need and find the salvation that you alone can give. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.